Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast. You are now listening to episode 46 of the podcast. It's crazy. We're approaching 50. And thank you so much for your continued support. I wouldn't be able to get here if it wasn't for you all. Folks, we've got a lot of great things to talk about. A little hiccups to address. But for the most part, a lot of great things. The Giants did lose the series against the Marlins. But before that, they won three straight series against the Padres, against the Rockies, and the Reds. So for the most part, I'm not too sad about the series against the Marlins considering how well the Giants have been playing for the majority of the regular season so far. And for today's show, instead of recapping every single game against the Reds and every single game against the Marlins, that can get a little bit monotonous. Instead, I'll just be giving you individual updates on certain players whose performances I think need to be addressed. Then after that, I'll do a bit of a deep dive into this Giants team and try to assess or determine whether the success they have found so early on this season determine whether it's sustainable throughout the rest of the season. Then to finish out this episode, I'll be doing a preview into this upcoming series, which starts tonight against the Phillies. That's right, the Giants have flown to Philadelphia to face the Philadelphia Phillies, and this might possibly be one of the toughest matchups of the season so far. So be sure to listen to the whole episode in order to be informed and up to date as possible. All right, let's go ahead and dive into some player performances I personally think need to be addressed. And it's going to start with Aaron Sanchez. He's been good, but the velocity is still down. It's so frustrating to see, but he's been good. Against the Reds, he pitched five innings, only gave up three hits, two earned runs, and got three strikeouts. All right, not crazy, but good. Against the Marlins, his most recent start, he went 4.2 innings, only gave up five hits, only one earned run, and struck out five. For the most part, Sanchez is not proving to be overwhelming to opposing hitters, but the good news is that he's still limiting heavy damage. I just wish that gosh darn velocity would improve because that would be the perfect pair for his nasty curveball, which he actually throws the most. And as of right now, opposing hitters have only been able to produce a 190 batting average against that pitch. But as of right now, I couldn't tell you where that 98 mile per hour fastball was that he displayed during his showcase in the offseason. I have no idea where it is right now. He's still only sitting around 90 miles per hour to 92, maybe 93 miles per hour. But, you know, Again, the season is still young, and and maybe he's still trying to pace himself. But at this point, I don't know. Moving on to Brandon Belt. Now, during his last eight at-bats, Brandon Belt has hit two doubles, a home run, and has struck out zero times. I personally think he's about to be dialed in, 
And I also think he's about to become the best hitter in this Giants lineup, just like last year when he had a slow start. And also like last year, Belt is currently in the top 10% of the league and the quality of contact he's making with the baseball, while also producing an insanely high walk percentage at 50%. Sorry, 15%. And just to add context, the league average walk percentage right now is only 83 Again, I think he's about to get dialed in, and I think he's about to be the best hitter in this lineup. Moving on to Yaz, Mike Yastrzemski. During his past five games, Yaz has hit two doubles, a triple, a homer, and has only struck out five times. Yaz is still kind of figuring out how to get back on track, but it's nice to see that he's getting clutch hits as of late. And just like Belt, I think both of them are about to get back on track. Moving on to Austin Slater. Austin Slater kind of had a little bit of a hot start at the beginning of the season, but since the Seattle Mariners series, he's kind of cooled down a little bit. However, Slater has produced a 357 batting average during his past five games and has hit a double, a triple, and a home run. He might just be heating up again, so we'll just have to wait and see. Moving on to some pitchers, Johnny Cueto has been put on the 10-day DL with the lat strain, which is extremely frustrating considering how well he was pitching. But at this point in his career, with him being so old, injuries are bound to happen. But thank God the Giants do have the depth for their starting pitching. Moving on to another starting pitcher, Anthony Desclafani. I love Anthony Desclafani. I can't remember if we talked about his outing against the Rockies, but in case we didn't, he pitched six innings of shutout baseball while striking out eight batters and only one walk. Fantastic. Then, against the Marlins during his most recent start, he pitched six innings again, only gave up one run, which happened to be a solo home run, only struck out four, but more importantly, he didn't walk a single batter. You love to see it. Last season, the only starting pitchers the Giants could count on every single outing was Gosman. But now Desclafani has emerged as another reliable arm this team can depend on. Fantastic. But soon enough, Desclafani might not be the only pitcher that's emerging as reliable. Alex Wood, for his first start of the season yesterday, he was fantastic. He pitched five innings against the Marlins, but could have gone much longer considering he only threw 61 pitches in those innings. And in that time, he only gave up three hits, zero runs, or walks, and struck out four. Wood not only pitched well, but you could tell that he was healthy out there on the mound. His fastball was sitting around 92 miles per hour, which we expected that. He's done that his entire career. He's never been a hard fastball thrower. But the way he was delivering his pitches, it seemed as though he was throwing 104 miles per hour, and it was definitely fun to watch. I'm excited to see his next start, but I'm also hoping Wood can continue to stay healthy throughout this season because the Giants can definitely use him. All right. Moving on to a very, very exciting part of this segment, Camilo Doval. Yesterday, there was a debut that happened for the Giants, and it was the debut of the 23-year-old right-handed relief pitcher, Camilo Doval. And my God, was it a breath of fresh air. Doval was assigned some of the best hitters in the Marlins lineup right now, but of course, he made Jesus Aguilar, Garrett Cooper, and Adam Duval, Doval, Duval. Adam Duval looked like some of the worst hitters in the league. Camilo Doval throws his pitches from a three-quarters arm slot and pairs his 98-miles-per-hour fastball with a slider that has a mind of its own and permanently lives in hitters' nightmares. I'm sure Kapler will make sure not to overuse Doval, especially since he literally just got called up yesterday. But with that being said, 
please try your best to watch when he's on the mound. Because yesterday, even though it was his debut, Doval pitched like he's been doing this for 10 years. All right, moving on to some more updates for Jake McGee and Logan Webb. Webb and McGee have been placed on the injured list, but it's only because they are both feeling symptoms of the second COVID vaccine shot. Now, did that have anything to do with McGee's rough outing against the Marlins? You know, I don't know. I really don't know. Possibly. Maybe. Anyways, but what I do know is that McGee is still the most reliable bullpen arm, and one bad outing does not change that narrative for McGee. The runs he gave up during that Marlins game were the only two runs he had given up all year, and he's still tied for the league-leading saves. Him and Mark Melanson are duking it out right now for the number one spot. So with that being said, McGee is definitely not someone the coaching staff can't trust anymore. It's just one bad outing with the possibility of COVID symptoms getting in the way. As for Logan Webb, he was recently moved to the bullpen, actually, with the return of Alex Wood. But since Cueto landed on the DL with that last injury, Webb returned to the rotation. But it'll be interesting to see if he can recover fast enough in time from his COVID symptoms to make his start tomorrow against the Phillies. But we'll just have to wait and see. That's all I have for the player updates. Now moving on to a deep dive into this Giants team. After winning three straight series against the Padres, Rockies, and Reds, but unfortunately losing the most recent series against the Marlins, the Giants have now produced a record of 9-6 on the year, but over their last 10 games specifically, their record is 7-3. It is just so terribly unfortunate and frustrating that the Giants also play in the same division as the Dodgers and the Padres. Because as of right now, if the Giants played in a different division, they would have the most wins in the NL East, they would be tied for first place in the NL Central, and they would be in second place in the AL East and Central. The other day, my dad asked me whether or not I personally think the success that the Giants are having so early on this season is sustainable. And I won't be that biased Giants fan who automatically says, yes, yes, absolutely, yes. What, what are you talking about? They're playing great. But I will definitely be the realistic Giants fan and say there's definitely a great shot for this team to sustain this level of success and competitiveness. And the reason being is because in terms of the Giants' bats, the best is yet to come. A week ago, the Giants as a team were ranked second in the entire league in barrel percentage, meaning as a team, the Giants are making some of the best contact in all of baseball. But for whatever reason, there just hasn't been a lot of hits to show for it. But the good news is that the hits will follow great contact almost every time. Producing great contact with the baseball and not seeing results on the field, that's not something that's sustainable for a long time in the game of baseball especially since these Giants hitters also aren't striking out a lot. The Giants pitching staff as a whole is ranked third in all of baseball in ERA with a 2.90 team ERA, but the starting rotation specifically has produced a combined 2.39 ERA, which is also the third best in all of baseball. When the hits do start to come and they are paired with the success of this pitching staff, I guess sustainable success doesn't seem too far out of the question for this team when you break it down, especially if this Giants team can beat the Phillies, which will definitely not be easy. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and break down the first game tonight, and that's going to be Kevin Gosman versus Chase Anderson. Now, during Kevin Gosman's last start, yes, let's just address the obvious and get it right out of the way. He did give up four earned runs in the first inning against the Reds, but... After that, Gosman definitely settled down and was still able to walk away with seven strikeouts. Now, just like McGee, I'm not willing to hit the panic button after one shaky start. 
tonight Gosman will have his work cut out for him again against this Phillies offense because as a whole, the Philadelphia Phillies combined batting average against Kevin Gosman is 297. Scary stuff. Bryce Harper, 5 for 12 with one home run and five walks. Didi Gregorius is 9 for 35 with two doubles. Reese Hoskins is 2 for 11 with a double. And Andrew McCutcheon is 3 for 5 with a double and a home run. JT Realmuto, home run. Gene Segura, 5 for 10 with two doubles. All of these best hitters in this lineup have not been fooled by Kevin Gosman. If Gosman wants to find success in this game, he has to do what he's been doing all season, keeping the ball in the park and suppressing hard contact. As for Chase Anderson... I, you know, I say this every single matchup. There's always at least one opposing pitcher where I think there's a shoe in for the Giants offense to apply some heavy damage. But as we all know, I've been wrong before. Just like I was wrong when I chose Chris Flexen in the Seattle Mariners series and Austin Gomer during the Rockies series. So Chase Anderson is that pitcher during this series. The Giants offense should have their way with Chase Anderson. But historically, if you look at the numbers, this Giants offense has only been able to produce a combined batting average of 194 against Anderson. Brandon Belt, 3 for 18 with no doubles, no home runs, no nothing. Crawford, only 2 for 17 with a double. Wilmer Flores, 3 for 7. Buster Posey, 6 for 18 with a double. Austin Slater, 2 for 8 with a home run. Donovan Solano, 2 for 6 with two doubles. And Yaz, just 1 for 3. The left-handed bats... They need to come alive against this right-handed veteran who's been in the league for a long time. He doesn't have overwhelming pitches in his arsenal anymore. Chase Anderson is not the pitcher he was five years ago. If the Giants want to win this game, they have to give run support early on, considering if the Phillies give Kevin Gosman a hard time early on in this game. Moving on to game two, we have Logan Webb. Again, we don't know if he's officially starting. He's slated to start, but we'll see what happens because of these COVID symptoms for Zach Wheeler. Tough, tough game. Not going to lie. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Giants here. Mainly being because Logan Webb has been struggling a little bit against opposing hitters, and Zach Wheeler is just dominant. He's just tough for opposing hitters. San Francisco's batting average versus Wheeler is a combined 157. Yikes. Brandon Bell has been able to find a little bit of success. He's 5-for-15 with a double and a home run. Brandon Crawford, 3-for-10. Tommy LaStella, 2-for-7 with a double. That's nice. Evan Longoria, 2-for-6 with a double. Buster Posey, 2-for-11 home run. And Donovan Solano is 2-for-8. These Giants hitters, the best hitters in this lineup, have found a little bit of success against Wheeler. But, again, Wheeler is a tall right-handed pitcher. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. He's the ace of this staff. He flirts with 100 miles per hour with his fastball, kind of sits around 96 to 98, and he's just dominant. There's no other way to put it. So this will be definitely a tough game to watch. But you know, honestly, the Giants have seen worse. So we'll see what happens. The third game of this series is going to be Anthony Descalfani versus Zach Eflin. Now, against Descalfani, the Philadelphia Phillies have produced a combined batting average of 163. We like that. Bryce Harper has gone 4 for 14 with no home runs, no doubles, thank God. Reese Hoskins seems as though he has the most success. He's gone 3 for 6 with a home run. And Andrew McCutcheon, again a former Giant along with Zach Wheeler, has gone 5 for 17 with a double against Descalfani and JT Real Muto. My God. Just when you think you listed off all the biggest bats in this lineup, there's always another one. JT Real Muto, not only the best catcher in baseball, but one of the best hitters in all of baseball, has gone two for seven with two doubles. The key to this game for every Giants pitcher, 
you have to figure out how to keep this offense off balanced. As for who the Giants are going up against, it's going to be right-handed pitcher Zach Eflin. There's not a lot of history here. The Giants, who have faced Eflin, they've produced a combined batting average of 321. That's nice. Brandon Belt has gone 3-for-8 with a double and a home run. Crawford, 4-for-11 with two home runs. And Buster Posey, 3-for-10 with a double. Again, just like every game, these bats need to come alive. As of right now, that's the biggest difference, in my opinion, from last year to this year. When the Giants needed pitching last year, the offense was doing fantastic. They were ranked 6th in all the baseball. Now, fast forward to this year, when the pitching is doing fantastic, the offense has been lacking. This Giants offense has produced the second worst batting average in all of baseball. Things need to change, and I personally think things will change because of the quality of contact they are making with the baseball. All right, so with that breakdown, it's time to guess what the result of this series will be. In my opinion, I think the Giants have a great chance of winning game one. Kevin Gosman is the best pitcher for the Giants, and Chase Anderson is not the best pitcher for the Phillies. I think there's a lot of potential for Giants hitters to have their way with Chase Anderson and make it a high-scoring game. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pick Game 1 as a win. Tonight, I'm going to pick the Giants winning. Moving on to Game 2, that's going to be tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Logan Webb for Zach Wheeler. Like I said, it's not looking good. I'm definitely nervous for this game. My realistic pick is that the Giants will not win this game because of how dominant Zach Wheeler is. Moving on to Game 3, the final game, Wednesday. Anthony Descalfani for Zach Eflin. I'm going to go with the Giants. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants because I think Descalfani will keep the hitters off balance all game as he's done all year to opposing hitters. And I think the left-handed bats will be able to do some damage against Zach Eflin. So, is it realistic two games out of three? I don't know. This Phillies team is tough. They are. They're tough. There's no way around it. I think the Giants definitely win one game out of this series, but I would like to see them win two. All right, everybody, that is going to be all for today's episode of the Say Hey Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hopefully, it was entertaining for you. Hopefully, you learned something. Who knows? Folks, you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and you can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast if you feel so inclined. Again, everyone, I'm going to be posting on Mondays and Thursdays. So during the next episode, along with breaking down what happens during this series against the Phillies, I'll also be previewing another matchup against the Marlins. That's right. The Giants just got out of Miami. But unfortunately, after this series against the Phillies, the Giants have to play the Marlins again. But this time, it'll be at home. All right, everybody. Continue to stay safe out there. Continue to be smart. But most importantly, go Giants.